Welcome. To Arcade Audio. I hope you're glad with what you've done to me. I lay in bed all day long feeling melancholy. You left me here all alone, tears running constantly. Oh, somebody kill me, please! Somebody kill me, please! On my knees, pretty, pretty, please! Kill me! I want to die! Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I'm looking at you. I'm turned away. You're fucking starting. I didn't know that you weren't ready. I wasn't paying attention to you. Yeah, what a surprise. This is our life. Hip, hip, hooray. Want to grow old with you? <laughs> You're li- I, You'll I be to lucky you. to. I hate to tell you, I've already grown old with you. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> February. Here. Oh. There's a date that I should be adding here. Was it the 9th? Uh, Is that right? Yes. Sweet. What a guess. If you're new here, we're married. It's <laughs> raining. Yeah, sorry for the storm you're probably going to hear behind me. Um, we're in bad moods. I've been up since like 2.30 in the morning. So have I. This is marriage. It's currently quarter to 10. Yeah. The day before this podcast is supposed to air, and we're recording it literally two hours and 15 minutes before it needs to be up, quote unquote, even though hardly it's anybody... It's a self-imposed... I don't like missing deadlines. I am a journalist at heart. Mm-hmm. I never miss deadlines. And now that I'm a mid-30s dad... You're actually in your late 30s now. Excuse Sorry. me. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. No. Early, early 30s is 30, 31, 32. 33. Mid is 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39 is late. That's how I classify it. Slash tell it to myself so I don't put a gun in my mouth. You're closer to 40 than you are to 30. Yes. I'm also closer to 72 than birth. Yes. Yes. It's okay. You are always older. Uh, yeah, so I've been up since 2.30 in the morning. I was supposed to wake up at 5.30 in the morning because um, my company had their quarterly like all associate call that i'm in charge of like preparing and getting ready um and yeah indigestion no i am in my late 30s because indigestion now rattles my entire day it can be something that i've had dozens of times like the frozen lasagna we had last night i love it it's delicious shout out to cymax i think we we should be getting money from them at this point and some garlic bread. There's even like real garlic bread. Some actual garlic in it. It's just what it's called in the frozen section. I said nothing with frozen food. Who gets indigestion from frozen food? Chris Mullet. Not even. It was no spice to it. Normally, it's at least spice or like it's red meat. And I woke up and it's like cool having lasagna again. Let me chew some gum so this goes away. I woke up. I was driving to work. It was still fucking there. It was miserable. And then I had like like the fucking cramp stomach pain the entire day. And office is busy, so I can't really shit at the office. I'm loud and messy. It's just, it's, wow. just been, it's just been a fucking day. And it's been a fucking week. It started as a good week because this past weekend, we took the little one along with the grandparents to Epcot uh, for her second time. The first time she'll remember. And I think she'll remember it forever because honestly, it was... It was a lot of fun. It was damn near perfect, might I say. It was a great time. We, um, thanks to Samantha's um, woman brain, we got the uh, the disability pass. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if that's I, a compliment or not. Oh, well, I don't know in what way you mean it. If you're going to go to Disney, um, we're going to blow up everyone's spot now. We're going to ruin it yeah, for each other don't. forever. Yeah, please don't. Please stop. Um, because I seriously do suffer from grippling. Well, you do. You have anxiety and, and possible panic attacks, so... You can get a pass to ensure that those things don't happen when you're in line. Um, and it was a strenuous process in terms of what we were expecting. 
and we were going into it thinking it was going to be worthless, turned out that uh, it was a lifesaver because we did every fucking thing in the park uh, that we could do with our daughter, which was everything at Epcot, except Spaceship Earth because it was like down the whole day. But we got to do Soarin' right out the gate. We got to do Test Track. We got to do um, the new Ratatouille ride that was mm-hmm. baller. We got to do the Frozen ride, finally. Finally! Fucking soaking wet on, which is stupid. Which is amazing. Uh, and we also got to do the badass Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, uh, because Samantha woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning and got us in that virtual queue. Oh, do, do I ever really sleep? I think, it, you know. Took it, and We had to go on at like 3.30, but it worked. Um, that was maybe one of the top five rides I've ever been on in my entire life. It was life. a great ride. It's like Space Mountain on steroids. Jillian was She absolutely enthralled. loved it. She's such a daredevil. She loved it. There's an art festival going on. We bought some art. Uh, Samantha got attacked by a bird. <laughs> oh my God. I blocked that out of my memory. I we, can't believe you. We had a great, we had a great dinner at the Rose and Crown so we could see, um, the fireworks and Perfect. we originally we were right there on the yeah on we were originally going to go to the La Hacienda Mexican restaurant for dinner but instead we went to like the quick service Mexican restaurant which was very which was I would say even better than the Rose and Crown that place was dope I really liked the it. Mexican food in Epcot is fantastic uh, but it's like a quick service place it was very very busy a very nice family uh, let us use their table because they're getting ready to leave and uh, there's just an open air space uh, after you get your food before you get to like the awning where you need to sit. And it is bird central, and they can smell and sense the food about. And Samantha was dawdling for five extra I was seconds. Dawdling. I was trying to figure out if the sauce that I saw was ketchup or sauce. It's in Mexico. What do you fuck the think it is? Jillian got chicken nuggets, uh, chicken fingers. What do you want from me? So you're standing there with a delicious tray of nachos with a big heaping pile of guacamole and in the middle of it. And I was looking, and I was like, happens? is that ketchup? So let me t- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it from my perspective. I, Y'all are so mean. Nobody warned well, me. Yes, Y'all yes, are yes, 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 they did. Yes, they Y'all did. Y'all yes, know about it. I I'm standing a, in line. I just delivered one tray of food, and I come back to help you. And there's a table that's sitting right there, and I hear some lady shrieking, Bird! Watch the bird! I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And of course... In the cockles of my body, I should have been like, it's Samantha probably, right? And I turn around and this bird swoops down and puts its talon right in the middle of the guacamole scoop. And it took out a chunk of my hair, No, too. it yes, did it. it did. You, it I, I thought did. I was it took, hyperbole. Well, ma- it took out a no, chunk of my hair. No, that's just your crippling anxiety and your hair falling out. You need some lotion on this elbow. I'm stab you with this fucking pen. Uh, and so Samantha was traumatized. She was not the only person that had this happen to her. Over but the course of the meal. But I was the, the meal, my food replaced. Yeah. Yeah, some guy came and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me get you some new nachos. No, no. No, that's not what happened. The thing came. The girl brought me the fucking ketchup that I've been waiting for. Oh, right. And, you're and like, I said, here, I'm not going to eat it because, look, the bird put its foot in it. So then they brought me a new one. <laughs> That didn't happen to the other lady. So, so it stole her whole taco. The whole taco stole it. And she ate the rest of it. Everyone's fucking laughing. idiot. I didn't say this because I didn't want to like make it a thing, but like she had the whole taco stolen from her, and people were like, oh, it happened again. Ha ha. I think she honestly she really devastated. struggled with the process. Like somebody <laughs> she, like came to her table and was like, Are you okay? Uh devastated. Yeah, so that was the highlight of her Epcot. Uh, we did uh almost twenty four thousand steps. <laughs> Uh, I had to carry Jillian on my neck uh, and just in my arms for most but of it. But what a trooper. What a trooper. She had an absolute blast. It'll be the trip that she remembers forever. And uh, we're hopefully going to be doing even more theme park in this year. There's a Disneyland trip, hopefully in the horizons. Uh, and yeah, so that was that was the weekend. Um, and then yeah, this, the actual week has just been the preparation for the cruise. So I want to say up front, a programming note. Uh, you'll notice this is supposed to be Curious Case of Benjamin Button. We're doing Wedding Singer instead because it was quicker and easier to do this week. We're going to try to watch Benjamin Button this weekend to have it uh, for next week. The following week's episode is supposed to be our next guest star episode with Keaton and Kim. We're still in the process of trying to figure out what movie we're doing and scheduling. So we may bump that back. We may do a two-first special guest in March instead. Or we may miss a week depending on the cruise oh, and the next week. Deadline. We'll see what happens. I'm going to hit you in the knee. Um... So we'll see what's going on there. But um, we're, we're counting down to this cruise we've been trying to do for basically three years at this point. Um, in the midst of all this, I managed to watch two films this past week that I can discuss for the podcast. 
The first one was uh, checking off another box of uh, Academy Award nominated film for Best uh, Actress and Best Picture. I watched Tar because it is now on Peacock. You had no interest in seeing it. Uh, two and a half hour character study of, uh, starring Kate Blanchett that has been hyped up to me heavily. Um, and I thought it was great. Very, very good. I would not put it above everything everywhere all at once or even Top Gun for that matter. Um, I would put it above Top, Gu- Top Gun in terms of like film quality. I would say it's close. Mm-hmm. But in terms of enjoyment, of course, I, I enjoyed Top Gun more. Um, but Kate Blanchett crushes it. Uh, it's got, the last 30 minutes are particularly just absolutely astounding. Uh, there's also there's stuff earlier on in the movie that, just great filmmaking, Todd Field's a beast. Um, yeah, so check that motherfucker out. And on the flip side of that, uh, afterwards, I was like, what can I watch, uh, quickly while I'm finishing up work in the background? So I watched, uh, I think it's called Call Me Now, or Call Me Cleo. It's the Miss Cleo documentary on HBO Max. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I don't know how they got like an hour and 40 minutes out of this, but they sure did. Um, yeah, I, it's, I love watching those really random pop culture documentaries. Like I watched the Barney one not too long ago, and I watched all the Woodstock ones and everything. It's, it's, it's fine. It's you know, it tries to go deeper into something that probably didn't dig deeper on and, like, what happened afterwards. She's dead. I know she's been dead for, like, like eight years. But, um, yeah, it's it's fine. You know, it was what it was. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I've uh, been up to. So, uh, do you have anything you want to share besides getting attacked by a bird? No. Perfect. So, let's get into today's movie. <laughs> uh, this was your nominated movie, correct? Yeah. Uh, the Wedding Singer was today's movie. I will read the box. Holy shit, there's so much writing on the back. Oh, is there? He's going to party like it's 1985. Oh my gosh. I'm about to yawn. <sighs> God, 2.30 in the morning. There we go. You are cordially invited to fall in love with one of the funniest romantic comedies of the year. It's 1985 and Robbie Hart, Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, 50 First Dates, is the ultimate master of ceremonies until he is left at the altar at his own wedding. Devastated, he becomes a newlywed's worst nightmare, an entertainer who can do nothing but destroy other people's weddings. It's not until he meets a warm-hearted waitress named Julia, Drew Barrymore, Charlie's Angels, that he starts to pick up the pieces of his heart. (laughs) The only problem is Julia is about to have a wedding of her own, and unless Robbie can pull off the performance of a lifetime, the girl of his dreams will be gone forever. From big hair to Billy Idol, as himself, the wedding singer features a hilarious cast and a platinum soundtrack, including 80s hits from Culture Club, David Bowie, and The Police. Whew, all right. Not going out of the park. Um, so why did you nominate this movie? I don't remember what you nominated against it. That's one thing I don't like about... Um, oh, yes, I do. You nominated John Tucker Must Die. Because um, yeah. you're a simpleton. Uh, no, I just wanted like a movie I didn't really have to think about. We've had a lot of, like, really, you know... Heavy stuff, you know. It's just a fun movie, easy watch. That's kind of what I, what I was going for. It is a a cable all star in Absolutely. terms of if it's on, I'm probably gonna put it on. Absolutely, I think this might actually have been the first time I have watched it not on cable. That's that's untrue. I'm pretty sure that uh, my parents and I rented this from Blockbuster. My dad loved Adam Sandler post Waterboy, so we would go rent like his previous movies. So. We rented this. We rented uh, Happy Gilmore. I think we missed Billy Madison. Um, oh, no. I remember why. Because we rented Going Overboard. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Right? I think everyone had that experience of like, what's this Adam Sandler movie nobody knows about? And they put it on there and go, oh, this is trash. It, it, that is one of the worst movies I've ever oh, seen so in bad. my life. And I think because of that, my dad's like, okay, maybe not Billy Madison. Because I was like, you know, right afterwards. And it kind of soured the whole experience. But, um... This might have been like only like the second time I've ever seen it just not on cable. Really? Like, you know, piece by piece. Um I think this is this is outside of, you know, an uncut gems or a punch drunk love, like dramas, award prestige films. I think this is Adam Sandler's best from beginning to end, like movie. Because Everything else we just talked about, right? Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, The Water Boy, Longest Yard, Mr. D, you know, all of them, right? Big Daddy. 
they all have just a little bit too much, like, Sandler, right? Like, it's... <laughs> that's not to say that, like, his group of friends isn't already in this movie and his influence is, you know, astronomical in it. But this, at its core, is just a really successful, from beginning to end, romantic comedy that a woman and a man can both equally enjoy and has quite a bit of heart to it Mm -hmm. and is a wonderful period piece. And maybe also, like, one of the earliest ones. This came out in 98. And mind you, like, what a 98 he had. This came out in the spring and Waterboy came out in the fall. Yeah. Um, but like, so this came out in the movies technically taking place like 13 years before. Like, was there really anything around, like, before that that like was already like diving that deep into like the 80s culture? I'm sure there was. I'm sure I'm that there was, it. but it's like, I think this you one have did it the best. The star of the 90s. Like, uh, I would say he's late 90s, early 2000s because, yes, why. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore came out in 94, 96. They weren't, like, big hits. They did well, but they weren't, like, he wasn't the number one. Like, this put him almost there. Waterboy making, like, $160 million. And then Big Daddy and then Mr. Deeds. Like, that made him the biggest comedy star. He took that uh, from Carrie, basically. Yeah. You know, so that was more so. He wasn't throughout the 90s. Now, SNL, you know, he was part of that that crew um but yeah i mean he became you know the certifiable a-list now he could do whatever he wants well now he's like a perennial like almost getting a nominated for an academy award actor while still making Being buku bucks on from jack Netflix. and jill well so <laughs> his his arc is interesting right so like making these mainstream movies that this is probably one of his more well-reviewed movies. I would say so. Well, it, it, I think it's, I think it's like in the high sixties, low seventies around tomatoes. I got turned into a Broadway musical, you know? Um, but like at his height, those movies weren't getting good reviews. He didn't have any respect. Um, but he, you know, box office was there. Uh, then the box office was still there, but the reviews started getting like bad. Like, you think of Click, and you think of, um, like, the Grown Ups movies and stuff. And then it bottoms out with, like, Jack and Jill and That's My Boy. And, like, now movies are tanking. And he's also, like, winning Razzies every single year. And the, the, the turn to that was when he went to Netflix. And Netflix, he's still making trash. But who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, that's what the joke came. Was like, Adam Sandler movies are just write-offs for vacations where he did... Blended and the Halloween movies and uh, fucking whatever the grown-ups he wants to do and, you know, the Western he made and stuff. And then he started doing, like, dramatic roles and was great in them. And now I think, like, his comedies are supposed to be good again. Like, people are excited for that second, like, murder mystery movie that's coming to Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I heard And I'm that. like, what the fuck is this? Um, so, yeah, he's had a wild-ass career. And this is... Well, and, you know, one of... Our favorite movies on this podcast, uh, Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, And his music career, you know, Um, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But yeah, so like the fact that this, I I think this movie's great. I I still laugh out loud at like three to five parts in this movie, just like I did the very first time I saw him, and we'll go into each one of those here in a minute. Um, It's... It's exactly what you just said. It's a turn off your brain and enjoy a a sweet story... It, it, it's just so fucking well done. Um, the the 80s of it all, like I said. Yeah. If you actually sit down, like the timeline of this movie makes no sense. Like, like, yeah. It's all over the place. Like it, It's bizarre. Yeah, like there's no, and it's fine. There's no real attempt to be like, okay, it's 1985, but all right, this came out in 82 or 83, so there's no way it was as popular then. Or this didn't come out until later in the 80s. Yeah. All the references were like, topical for the 80s but like if they're tongue-in-cheek at the time they were in the 90s they're totally flat now so the example of that being when they're i don't know if it's the pictures of the flowers and he's like oh i see the look in you too you're gonna be there together forever like bert and lonnie and uh yeah yeah all uh, the- uh, donald and ivanka or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. So it's like this is it aged poorly then, but at least like in terms of a topical reference, like it was fresher. Now it's just like, good lord, it's been 
30 years, 40 years at this point. Yeah. Um, but it, it does a great job of making you feel like you're in the 80s with, like, the style and the hair. Oh, and of course... And the, the dance moves. Like, it puts you in it. Of course. And then, of course, the soundtrack. I mean, we had this last oh, year with Hot Tub Time Machine. Music's killer. The, san- the soundtrack slays. Also, it has... F- it's not just the straight soundtrack, but kind of almost like, t- I feel like, typical Sandler. It, you have him performing songs and putting his own spin on it. Then you also have, uh, you know, the original song, which I, I would argue, the, the two original songs, um, which are fantastic. And really you're probably great. hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast. Um, but then you also have, like, Lovitz doing, like, Ladies Night, which will always make me laugh. <laughs> it's just something about that fucking, like, that trumpet starting and just Lovitz doing Lovitz things. Just like I will always laugh at Buscemi in this movie. Buscemi, oh my gosh, great. Like, he can't be the MVP of the movie, but I best believe I fucking wrote him on the list because fuck it. There's nothing funnier than him going, hey, wedding singer. And then falling off a curve, just like him hitting the cymbal. It's just fucking funny. Sandler movies just bring out very talented people that are either doing really, really odd things you weren't expecting them to do, or... Very, very talented, esteemed people just cutting loose and having fun, and it fucking works. We still have to fucking watch this poker face show. I should turn the TV off, I so know. I'm not referring to it. Yeah, don't be distracted. Sorry. Um, do you have a favorite scene or favorite part of the movie? Oh, man, it's hard to say. It's, I, I really do like the, the Buscemi scene. It's just hilarious, and having been to, to some weddings, it's like, Oh man! I always before, oh man <laughs> before before I die, I want to have that happen at a wedding I'm at. The closest we got wasn't a speech, but it was. <laughs> it's funny she's coming up right now. I'm not going to say her name. Everyone that's listening, if they know, knows. And, I, and if you want to know privately, I'll let you know. Uh, but that person just came up with the person that it would come up with as normal today. Uh, which is funny, I'll share after or off the fact, but we were at a wedding where um, a relative of one of the bridal party, uh, who I was very anticipatory of, I probably even talked about it back then, <laughs> That's probably said names, I'm trying to be nice now, um, they were cut off from the bar and police were threatened to be called and it was a it was a scene, a to-do, and it was one of the top five days of my life. Um, yeah, that that's probably close enough. So I, I guess I can, yeah, I can, yeah. I can forego like the speeches being the problem. Because even during the speeches, they were trying to be a distraction and oh, being awkward because yeah. they just arrived to the ceremony. Absolutely. Fuck! What an amazing day. <laughs> God. Oh, if I could go back in time, I'm going to that fucking day. I think it was so good. Um, so yeah. So sorry. So the Bashemi. Like and I like the. I just liked the whole vibe of it. I liked the little montage that they have. There's a couple like, good montages. Pre- preparing for the wedding mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, oh, I also love, wait, I also love the first bar mitzvah. Uh, the bar mitzvah scene. With Bruce Bugtrotter from yes. Matilda. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the bar mitzvah scene. Uh, the prep montage, I think, is my favorite stretch of just them trying on dresses, the weird lady with the cake. Sammy and the cones with the bus driver, uh, with the limo driver. So I have to ask, so not getting the things I didn't like, but me always like looking deeper and almost like cinema sensing the movie. So let me get this straight. So like the, the wedding singer and the band, the limo driver, the chef and the catering company, they all like work for like the venue. (laughs) So, is what, that how that works? So what I assume is it's the only venue to have a wedding. And uh, like, what do we ever establish? Like, what town this is? Podunk. I don't think it's Podunk, but like, sure, 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 whatever, whatever. You know, whatever. Podunk. Yeah. But, and he's the only limo driver in town. Sure. Right. So they're the only catering company. Right. But he's not the only wedding singer. Right. <laughs> okay. I'll, and that part was confusing to me, but um, yeah, no, like it's the only venue. It, it's kind of like, you know, when we were looking to get married in Gainesville, there's like three places to get married fair. in Gainesville. All, all you need to say. So yep. it's kind of like that. You got it. Um, yeah. So that, and then the, the last twenty minutes of the movie, just from, oh, just from, great. you know, him, you know, going to press love and Drew Barrymore doing the thing in the mirror, and then, you know. Everything that 
basically from that point on of him getting drunk and Rosie and then the plane. Uh, the plane might also be my favorite. Like, oh, the, the plane is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> I think Billy Idol might be like my favorite cameo as a real per as a person as himself in like a comedy ever. He's just he he's, just having the best fucking time. Oh, he's high as a kite, probably. He's, he's just loving it. But <laughs> Keaton and I used to do in college all the time based on this movie. Just like, you know, we'd ask somebody a question and like they would confirm, right! <laughs> it's just him doing the Billy Idol, right! Right! Uh, about helping is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's. And there's and even stuff that like I wouldn't say is my favorite part of the movie. Like the date scene is. The I, double date? The double date yeah, is just a really amazing five to seven minutes of just advancing the plot in so many different ways in, in, in a different setting. Um. It, it just fucking hits. It just works. And you're getting... Then you also have the little hits of, like, the DeLorean pulling up and the Miami Vice blaring and, you know, the David Bowie and, like, the outfits, like the Madonna outfit. Like, it just submerses... Uh, that's not a word. It just immerses you in the world and you just forget that this movie came out 13 years after it's where it's trying to be, so... And also, you know, however many, you know, 17 years ago... Whatever. How long ago is this? Yeah, so This movie now came out uh, 25 years ago. It's the 25th anniversary of this movie. Oh, my God. <sighs> it almost might be to the day, because I think this came out around Valentine's Day. <sighs> Let's look it up. The Wedding Singer came oh. out on February 13th, 1998. We crushed it. Full-blown rewatchables here. <laughs> During the anniversary. It's going to be really funny if they do this movie for the rewatchables next week. 25 years 25 ago. year anniversary cool. on, on Valentine's cool, 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 cool. Day, basically. That's been all for this week's episode. It was budgeted for $18 million and made $123.3 worldwide. That's very, very good. Uh, it's often ranked as one of its best comedies, and it is a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it opened in second place. For one of... You know what, you know what, you know what was number one at the box office? No, I'm not you. Titanic. For like, it's like 90th week. Okay. Yeah, just, just share. Just you, sure. Yeah. Great. Cool. Go on. Are yeah. you just going to keep reading? No, I'm done now. You were going to take it over. Go on. No. I Say something. Not, no, I was not going to. Oh, for fuck's to. sake. So I will, I will now ask, uh, what did you not like about the movie? Um, there was, I know that, not necessarily that I didn't like, but things I could have done without. I know that you like the, the love it scene. I could have done without oh, it. You can't get rid of no, the love it. I could have done without it because, you know, it's uh, like, oh, this rivalry, like, it didn't do anything for the plot for me. Here's why I love that scene, besides the fact that I think that's love is his like best performance, especially just for him coming back in just like he's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits in the slow curtain. Uh, yeah, that, that I could have been. It's not Schneider. <laughs> that's why I love that because you figure in this movie. So who do we get? Alan Covert has a as basically you know a, a main supporting role as Sammy. Uh, Peter Dante has like a throwaway gag in the first wedding is like the long haired guy just reacting to everything. And then you have Lovitz, but you don't have any of the other like normal cast of characters. I don't count like Bashemi or, you know, um, uh, trying to think who else, you know, would kind of classify as those, as those type of people. But, um, yeah, I, I fucking love that scene. And also it's necessary to show, uh, the Somebody Kill Me song, which is, it's, I fucking love that song. And Grow Old With You is just a really, really good song. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, very well done. Um, all right, so. We should have had that as one of our wedding songs. Nah, you want to have a Sandler song at my wedding? That's weird. Uh, all right, so you said love it, which is wrong. So what, what else? <laughs> You're such a dick. It's not. I mean, there's plenty to, you know, nitpick here. So tell me. So, um,. As, as any comedy from 25 years ago, there's going to be stuff that hasn't aged well. And I think everything with George hasn't aged well. Um, it, it's obviously more so a boy George ripoff than like a trans thing, even though it is Alexis Arquette playing the character. But I don't, I didn't think it was funny 
like the first time I saw it, and I still don't think it's funny now. I mean, the the concept of they only know one song, yes, is funny. That was funny. I I, I like that. But there's a lot of like reactions and like uhs and like you know whatnot to that character. Well, no, I think it was. I I didn't take it as reactions to the character. I took it as reactions to like the singing, uh, the lack of good singing, and the fact that. The same song was being sung over and over again. Like That's I, what I took it as, not not anything else. Like, I have George on my LVP list, but it's not going to be the LVP because it's strictly, I think, the character and not Alexis Arquette's performance. No, I think Alexis I think, Arquette does a I great think, job. I think they do a good job. Um, yeah. So that was one. Um, there's a lot of, like, I think a lot of the follow-ups, some of the great scenes we were talking about aren't necessarily great. So, like... I know a lot of people have always like talk about the um, like their first kiss scene. It kind of coming after like the prepping montage. It's just really convoluted and not realistic. Um, also, you can also tell Adam Sandler's like a terrible kisser, so it also doesn't help. So like any any. How do you know Drew Barrymore's not a bad kisser? Well, you can just like at least she's trying. She's like opening her mouth and stuff, and like he's just like. He's barely moving. <laughs> He's basically like, dead in that scene. Um, and the same thing I mentioned, like, the double date scene, a lot of the follow-up with, you know, him and Holly and, like, kind of almost having to spell it out and then him going to the bank interview. I don't, I've never liked the bank interview I don't like scene. the bank interview. Part of the reason I don't like the bank interview is, you know, that's not how it works. you got to go oh, through the HR. Oh, for fuck's sake. It was 1985. And... Things haven't changed that much. I totally do not think. You don't even work for a bank anymore. I know. You can't, you can't keep but doing this. Also, like, how did he even get that interview? No cash handling he didn't. experience. <laughs> Shut up! I mean, isn't that, like, one of the things that you look for when you're hiring someone who's going to be handling cash or even selling something? Yeah, he wasn't trying to be a cash handler. He was trying to how be... How do you know? How do you know? You didn't he know was trying he was to get in stocks and bonds and stuff. You don't go to a bank for that. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have a Series 6. He doesn't fucking know. It's a movie. I'm just saying, they could have had a little bit more realism. Would not have passed the recruiting phase. So, continue. Happily. So people actually are hearing intelligence. Um, I think that's really it. <laughs> 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 it's so all right. So without uh, so we're gonna have to start getting performances. Can, can, I, can I just say something? I think that's gonna be a quick? bigger bulk of can, than we thought. Can I just yeah. say something to you real quick? What? Fuck you. Thanks. Um. So this is gonna be episode four twenty nine. So have we watched a movie in this project, or even just a movie in general, where I cannot describe or begin to understand how the chemistry between the two lead characters is so odd but yet works so well to the point where they would do more movies with one another as like a romantic couple it makes no sense to me i liken it to the chemistry that was started... Every the chemistry we have. We have. The chemistry we have. Um, I'm Sandler, you're Barrymore. Um, okay. The movie, the eighth grade movie that we saw. Mm-hmm. And how, like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Her with that, like, borderline autistic kid that we talked about. Yeah. That's what I think I would liken it to. It's just, it's so sweet and endearing. And and it feels, it, it feels so authentic. It feels authentic so and genuine. Relate, right. So so it's Because compelling. they're both just naturally <laughs> awkward people. Right. And it's so compelling to watch. And it's like, everybody feels like that. You know what I mean? Everyone can, can relate to that kind of thing. So we're going to start getting MVP I, and OVP. I, I think that their chemistry and like everything that they go on to do, like like you said, as like opposite leads... I think is is great. So I've never done this before in my in my like the way I structure my notes. Oh, I'm a very gosh. specific structure. So I now have my MVPs and my LVP sections. Underneath that, I I have I've never set a, a different category up here, but I have to make one for Drew Barrymore because she's not the MVP of the movie. I I just she can't be because 
some of her line deliveries, because she's Drew Barrymore, are just like the roughest fucking thing of all time. But she's so pure. She's so... She's just this like brightest light. Yeah, that's just... That you can't help but just like feel for and you see why somebody would just like be attracted to her. I feel like... From just her spirit. But she's the most awkward creature ever. I think that Drew Barrymore is my spirit animal. Well, we're no getting a divorce. No wonder Rich doesn't <laughs> like me very much. That's fine. That's why Rich did not like you for so long. I can't wait for him to text no, me wait, about really? this. Huh? He didn't like me? What? What? No, I'm fucking with <laughs> Oh, no. No, you wear people down is the problem. <laughs> you just get used to it. I bet he watches her, her, uh, her talk show all the time. No, Rich adores you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you now. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You, you, you get used to it. What does that even mean? Um, so do you agree with me? She's not the MVP of the movie. No, I agree. She's yeah. not the MVP of the movie. She's one of them, not the LVP. She, no, absolutely but not. But she has a she's couple... She's so pure and just like, they just portray her as this, like the kindest... Soul, it's really. But you, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like there are just a couple moments, especially early in the movie, where like she says something like, "We didn't take an. We there's not another take. Like that we could have <laughs> used. Like, but then like she crushes the Julia Gulia mirror scene. Like she's so fucking good in that scene. That's actually that's one of my favorite scenes. That's she's, a really great. She's scene. fantastic in that just scene. Like, the emotion and the body language, the the tone of the voice, and then like, her, and then her happiness and oh, the way great. that she, the way that he sees her through the window and she's acting out in the mirror, like it's like how is this the same person? Yeah. Like you know it, and yeah. then the way that she, and her on the plane as well is it, so good. But then like there's in between moments where you're just like God, just just yell cut and say Drew, let me hear it this way. <laughs> And then it'll be because if honestly, if you if you like fine tune some of that stuff, I think she'd be an easy MVP. But instead, I think it's a harder conversation to have. I think ultimately, oh no, I don't think it's a hard conversation at all. It's Sandler. It has to be Sandler. It has to be Sandler. This, I think, many people are gonna say like this is a role similar to other roles, right? We just named these '90s comedies, right? That. You know this. That was his bread and butter at this time. But I, I just think that, honestly, I feel like he was more subdued in this role than any of those other ones. I wouldn't say so. Subdued's an interesting word for it because he still has like I mean he literally a goes hippie to do at one point. You know, a couple <laughs> times. I don't think it's anywhere near as as apparent as it normally is. He's playing so. He's around this time, and for a lot, most of the part of his career, he's playing fucking idiots, or he's playing people that are kind of hard to root for, like the lovable loser, right? In this, he's just lovable. He's not a loser. He's. I mean, he's just a wedding singer. He is a loser. He gets left at the altar. But that's different. Because she doesn't want to marry him because he's not a rock star. That doesn't indicate that he's a loser based on his effort, or he's a loser based on, you know, like. Sure, like, it's a negative connotation of, like, oh, you're a wedding singer because he was in some some rock band that, you know, she fell in love with him, you know, in the early 80s for. But, like, he's not somebody you root, you're confused while you're rooting for because in Billy Madison, he's a man-child right. that's, like, is immature. Or in Happy Gilmore, he's a psychopath. Or in, um, I mean, the water boy, you know, he's always got a kind heart and a good soul. In this, like, he's just a good dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's a good person. So I think that's part of it. So With the with the music lessons for the meatballs. The meatballs and helping the kid out that gets drunk at the party. Yeah. And helping the kid out at the bar mitzvah. Like, that, that's just who he is. And that's why him and Julie get, get on so well. Um, I, yeah, he's the MVP because his warmth is insane. And he's in control of so many scenes. Like... The way that he is at the engagement party uh, for Julie and Glenn is is always stuck out to me because he has this like helpful nature and he's processing and dealing with stuff, 
But then he just has like funny ass lines where it's like, yeah, my parents died when I was 10. You want to remind that too? Yeah. Yeah. Drink and drive. <laughs> like also the way like he like is needling Sammy that, about that what she said. To, it, yeah. He's got a quick wit, but then you still get Sandler. You still get him singing Love Stinks. Shout out to Rudy Mendoza singing that with my mom back in the day at karaoke. <laughs> um, like he still has that like, you know, that Sandler to him of, you know, his freak out when he gets left to the altar and yelling could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Like you still get him, but then you're getting him on like an emoting level that you hadn't gotten up to this point. Um, so yeah, I agree. He's the MVP of the movie. The only other people I had on my list, I already mentioned Bashemi, which you can't give it to him from one and a half scenes, but goddamn yeah. it, I want to. Um, the other person I had on my list was Glenn because he is a pantheon dickhead. The dickiest. What a great fucking dickhead what performance. The fuck did, what, what's that guy doing right now? So that guy, um, I think he had another role like that. I only time I've ever seen him again was he was on Mad Men. He was the ad executive for, I don't think it was Jaguar, but um, he was an ad executive that was trying to hide his homosexuality and then trying to come on to Bob Benson. And Bob Benson trying to help him out in the later seasons. Bob Benson. Bob Benson. Keep getting the checks, James Wolk. Um, yeah, Michael Glave is the actor. Um, I think that's the actor. Hold on, I just lost it. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's been working. He works. Um, he was on, oh, he's the dad in Baby's Day Out. That's the other thing I really recognize him from. But yeah, he's been a working actor for fucking, he was the villain in Corky Romano. Um, you know, he's, he gets fucking paid. But yeah, he's great. He's, he's up there with me with like Bradley Cooper and Wedding Crashers and like, Killborn old school, like those comedy villains that just like you fucking hate. Um, he's he's fantastic in this. Um, so those would be my other MVPs. We already talked about Drew Barrymore, that she's you know kind of in that middle ground. LVP, who do you have for LVP? I already mentioned George's character, but not necessarily Alexis Arquette as a performer. Uh, who do you have for LVP? Um, it's this one was was a little bit harder for me because it's like somebody who has to be significant enough um mm -hmm. i think sammy did it did a good job i really like alan covert in this movie i think He's it was really a good, good supporting friend brought some humor to mm -hmm. it also brought a little bit of what, heart and what's your favorite what's your favorite line they were cones <laughs> no my favorite line i'm glad we're getting here so we'll take a break from it for a second one person whose name better not exit your mouth for LVP is Frank Severo, fucking Frankie Carbone from Goodfellas, as, like, the brother-in-law to Robbie, who's just, like, he's the epitome of, like, hey, can we get Frankie Carbone for this movie? I want to hear him talk about his nipples. Uh, my favorite line in the movie is so <laughs> stupid. I just quoted it the other day, uh, uh, Rumble Weekend, to Rich, and he lost his mind, was um, when Sammy's coming over to check on Robbie who's been, like, in his basement listening to The Cure for, like, a week. Uh, I'm still going to call him Frankie Carbone. Uh, Andy, the, uh, the, the brother-in-law, is outside watering his plants. And he's just talking <laughs> to Sammy. He's like, hey, you got to get him out of there. Because, you know, like, the, 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 the neighbors are going to start thinking we have a crazy person here. And Sammy's walking in the house. He's not even on camera anymore. <laughs> he's just watering the plants. And then he's just in mid, like, rant about like him being in the office and you hear like a she goes, oh shit I got water all over myself <laughs> it's the I fucking laugh every time and I shit I got water all over myself it's like so real oh fuck can we make Frank Severo the MVP <laughs> he's I love him I wish he was in everything um yeah he's fucking great uh so that's that, that's not him um but yeah, yeah, Alan Covert is of all those of him and like Peter Dante and like the fucking the big dumb dude from Waterboy and Big Daddy. Mm -hmm. I've always liked Alan Covert, and he's good to the point where you know he gets his own movie with Grandma's Boy, you know, which is a, a you know cult classic at this point. So yeah, definitely not Sammy. I was fearful it was gonna be Christine Taylor, but I think she also is okay. Yeah, she's never she's always been kind of meh to me. I mean, thank God she married Ben Stiller. Uh, in terms of like her getting like work still, but ah. she's, you know she's she's okay. 
Um, the character's thinner than, you know. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be a foil to Julia's character, and it's not, you know, the the most developed, but it, it, it's fine. I yeah. think, um, I think Rosie is great. The old oh, Rosie's, lady. Oh, Rosie, Rosie's great. Fantastic. That was a lot back in my day. That's been 200. Yeah. Um, so I'll say it. I think my, it's got to be... It's Linda. Linda, yeah. It's Linda. Uh, Angela Featherstone. So, like, again, that character's not the most well-rounded or written thing in the world, but watching it this time, she's in, what, two scenes with dialogue? And every time, she's just a wet blanket in terms of line de- delivery. And it's not in that, like, we're not supposed to like her, obviously. She's a, ba- a bad person. But it's just flat to the point where <sighs> even when she's trying to, you know, gaslight's not the right word, but, like, drum up sympathy for Robbie's character, I have it just because... He's acting in the scene with her, not because it's the character. Right. She's just very, like, monotonous and boring. Yeah. And I think she could have dialed it up a little bit. And you're in a Sandler movie. Be maybe a little bit more of a caricature or have, like, kind of, like, an odd edge to you. And, like, I would have really, really hated her. But instead, she's kind of like, meh, meh. So, yeah, that, that, that was my... That yeah, was no, my I, I think that's good. Angela Featherstone. I had a uh, a vice vice principal in middle school with the last name of Featherstone. I wonder if they're related. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else here to touch on or mention. Not really. Uh, not a performance thing to mention, uh, but I do want to point out that this is the first time in this movie I noticed the rest of Robbie's band. So Robbie's band is George. Uh, then he has like kind of like an 80s, like cool, like rock player on like either bass or guitar. And the other uh, guitar player is this, like, middle-aged, like, cool black dude. The drummer's this old, bald dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> I've, I've never known. Like, they, nobody else gets any time or any, like, you know, background besides George, the minimum you get. I was like, what the fuck is that guy's story? I'd never noticed it before. It made me laugh. Um, there was somebody else I wanted to point out that I'm not going to remember. Oh, shout out to Brian Pussain as one of the, uh, oh, yeah. the freaks at Table 9. Um, and Robert Smigel as well, uh, as, uh, the, the weird foreign, he would probably be my other candidate. He's just a little bit too much in this movie. Uh, and another person I want to shout out who's not, you know, an MVP or OVP, but the old guy at the bar is just always funny to me. They probably give him like too, too many lines. Like he has something to say, like every time Sammy or Sandler are saying anything at the bar, but just, I'm sorry, I'm not as strong as I used to be. It's just, you know, it's just. Same as those old guys in the movies. Pretty well. Really Well, he, uh, you figure he has the guy who's like, I want to do more than dance with her. And high fives the kid. Um, there's another one in this, isn't it? Or am I thinking he of Big He touches Daddy? her ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, and there's a guy that, that like squeezes her butt and like, goes like, or whatever. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's, about, that's about it. In terms yeah. Of performances. So Sandler's the MVP of it. That is his, his third MVP. So he joins the Three Timers Club along with Robin Williams, Emma Stone, uh, Michael Fassbender, Carl Weathers, former scene partner in Happy Gilmore, Robert De Niro, Bill Hader, um, are the Three Timers there. Um, And then, uh, yeah. Anything else on The Wedding Singer? I think that the the music is great. We talked Mm -hmm. about that. Um, I, I... Yeah, it's just a feel-good movie. I, I do like, though, that it wasn't as predictable, you know, as, as you thought it would be. Sure, I mean, it's, it's like a pretty, romantic... It's, it's still um, pain by numbers. I know, but you know, the, the there, there, were still, there were still a few swerves swerves thrown at you here. How many swerves we got? Uh, I counted seven mm. swerves in this movie, actually. Let me hear them. So, you know, I have my notes, right? They're in the context of my notes, and you open... The wedding, it introduces him as a great wedding singer, and then he starts telling a story about how, oh, like he saved the day, he's getting married next week. Swerve, no, he's not. She's not in love with him anymore. Yeah, that's one all over. Right, right. Going on, going on. We got the bar mitzvah, we got the montage. They were cones. 
And you go into like... Wait, hold on. No, is no. the oh. No, I didn't say swerve. I was just giving you context of An where actual car movie. swerve does not count as a swerve. <laughs> but it should. I'm going to no, do an asterisk. No, God damn it, no. Because then Fast and the Furious wins. Asterisk. Um, so, right, we're getting right to like the church tongue scene. So, swerve, he's in love with her. Swerve, the best friends are in love with each other. So, that's two, right? So, so three so far, right? The bitch cousin knew what she was doing. Then she went after Robbie. Then, you know, you got them going in the in the double date. They're in the club. The you're, guys are getting to know each other. You're just giving me the worst spark notes of the movie the ever. The guys are getting to... Just say the fucking swerves. Just say the swerves. Swerve. Just say the swerves. Her name is going to be Julia Gulia. It's not a swerve. It's a fact. Well, no, but you didn't know because she kept introducing... She got being introduced as Julia Sullivan. You didn't know. You thought she was just given a normal name. And then Swerve is going to be Julia Gulia. Hilarious. Julia Gulia. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. And then, you know, you find out a little bit more about douchebag boy over swerve, here. Swerve, he cheats on her. Yep, I get it. Okay, next. No, that's not the Swerve. It's actually a Swerve and a half. Swerve, he doesn't actually swerve. work. Swerving a half. He's not actually working, right? Because he tells he tells Robbie, oh, like he goes into the, he works in the city, yep. works long hours. Swerve, he's not actually working. the The half of the swerve is actually referenced to earlier in the movie when his drink of choice is Alabama Slammer. What's your drink of choice, buddy? It's not an actual Alabama Slammer. Yeah, it's the drink of douchebags. You can't even handle it. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we we're still going in the movie. Dude this segment Robbie, should not be this long. Just Robbie say the gets fucking drunk. Swerves. Swerve Linda's back. Yep, okay. All that one. Yep. She is yep. back. And then, you know, it culminate with the ultimate swerve. Swerve, they're on the plane together. Swerve, they're on the same plane, baby! Seven swerves. Seven and a half swerves. 7.5. Are you done, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I got you, motherfucker. <sighs> I hate this. It's, it's you a, love it. You love it. It's, it's amazing. It's February. <laughs> so much of this to do. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I was gonna say something sweet about growing old with you or getting married again or going to Vegas, but fuck you. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that now. I love you. Yeah, whatever. Um, we're coming up on our ten-year wedding anniversary. It's true. It's very true. We're going to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Phoebe Bridgers. Best moment of my life, it will be. Great. I mean, that's, only, that's fair. Our wedding is fourth on my list after <laughs> that other wedding I was talking about earlier in the Cavs winning the titles. That, that's totally fine. And that's, Jillian. Well, Jillian's number one, of course. That's, yeah, that's the best day of my life. So. <laughs> uh, anything else on the wedding singer? Do you really not like me very I, like at all? I love you very much. Like is a definitive word. <laughs> I don't like you in these seats with this iPad recording. <laughs> it's, it's a gimmick. But you want to do this all the time, right? I want to do this once a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the I've been married 10 years version of I want to grow with you. I want to do this once a week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to sit down and talk to you for just one hour. <laughs> um... Anything else on the wedding singer? I'm oh, I've been curious to see the play uh, or the the musical. The musical. Uh, uh, do you remember the comedian Stephen Lynch? He was the one. He got nominated for a Tony for yes. Um, originating it. I don't think it ran very long, but I believe it's been popular in like high schools. I'm excited to have Jillian, uh, Jillian start going to like middle and high school and like her starting to do like production and stuff because I'm gonna get super involved in drama and I'm gonna be oh, like, Yo, yeah. do this play and do this play and I'm gonna suggest stuff that like I've never seen just because I think it'd be. Cool, because people our age are going to recognize, like, oh, cool, like, the wedding singer. And, like, they have fucking all of them, right? Like, Legally Blonde, Mean Girls, like, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know think... how, like, high school appropriate they are, but, you know. No, that, I think that, that would be amazing. And today at dinner, she was saying she can't wait till she's on SNL. Oh, yeah. And then I believe her. She's going she's gonna to blow us all away. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Nope, nope, totally wrong. Didn't even rate it. I haven't nominated anything else. Oh, you oh. are a maroon. Um, so you nominated, so I score it first. Uh, 
it's it's a ninety Sandler movie, which means it has a special place in my heart. But this one, particularly because it has so much heart, it's a rom com that everyone can enjoy. It's a great time capsule into the nineties comedy style and also the eighties everything. Um, I'm going to give this an eight. Oh, I was going to give it an eight as well. Yeah, a nice solid eight for the wedding singer, I think, is appropriate. Um, awesome. Well, like we talked about, next week we'll try to get to Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Then, depending on the guest star situation, we got Sonic 2 coming up, born on the 4th of July. Plus, there's only about five weeks left to get your votes in for the Mullet Awards. Um, so this that I'm nominating, we're not going to get to uh, watch until the beginning of April. And I don't know what some of that's going to be in the middle of it, but look, we have not had a bad movie in a while. <laughs> so I'm going to, so I mean, like, if we get to the end of the year, like, we got to watch bad movies and who's what's going to come out of the box randomly. So I got to make sure I'm, I'm doing it appropriately. And we just watched this movie, which is you know, kind of an homage to the 80s. So I was like, I'm going to nominate two movies that I've always wanted to see that are supposed to be terrible from the 80s that are definitely symbolic. Uh, is that a word? No. It is now. Definitely symbolic of the 80s. Of <laughs> one... You went with symbolic instead of symbolic on your first try? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm turning into Edward Norton in Glass Onion, I swear to God. Uh, so one of them is taking the 48 hours lethal weapon formula of like the oddball buddy cop movie and just finding any two people to fucking do it. And the other is, hey, this celebrity or this musical act or this entity is is popular. Let's just throw them in a fucking vehicle and basically not change anything about them and we'll see if we can make some money off of it. So I'm nominating Collision Course, which is the Pat Morita, Jay Leno buddy cop movie. <laughs> and I'm nominating Disorderlies, the... Uh, the Hospital comedy starring rap group The Fat Boys. <laughs> we own both of these movies. <laughs> uh, <sighs> so, do you want to watch Collision Course starring Academy Award nominee Pat Morita and Jay Leno, or Disorderly starring The Fat Boys and Ralph Bellamy? Uh, I. Do not want to watch either of them. Well, you're going to watch both of them at some point, but you're only going to watch one of them now. Mm-mm. I'm going to I'm gonna pass. I changed the calendar, because by the way, this is going to be around the time of our anniversary. <laughs> I was like, that's mean. I had another idea in place, which I'm going to do at some point to be nice to you, but this I was like, look, we got two Perfect Ten movies so far, watching Benjamin Button and like all kinds of good shit. We have to have some some kind of nominee for some bad stuff we eventually. We don't have to have anything. This is why we can't have nice things. Collision course or disorderly. I don't want to watch either of them. Oh my gosh. You want me to flip a coin or something? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'm gonna flip the DVD case. Alright. Heads is collision course, tails is uh disorderlies, okay? Okay. Ready? If it lands on its side, we're not ever doing another movie again. <laughs> watch the Harry Potter movies. Alright, so I said the collision course. Alright, so here we go. Oh, it almost stood up. It almost stood up. Uh, tail, so it's disorderlies. Okay, good. Disorderlies. I mean, good. <laughs> you should have picked disorderlies. No, I don't. I didn't want either. I would have had that. I'm trying to stay positive. All right, disorderlies coming your way in April. Uh, Gross. Now, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married in Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash marriedmovies at marriedmovies on Twitter. Marriedmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. You can also find us on Blank Slate, wherever you get your podcast. I don't know if we're going to have an episode in February because of our crazy schedule, but the last draft is available for your listening pleasure, featuring Samantha and I along with Tope and Rip. For me, at your host, Mel38, on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Uh, also for me, my retro wrestling diary this week is finally uh, one night only. The UK was a pay per view, and I got to figure out a time to um, do the rest of it because I'm still 1997. And I want to get out of it. I'm so close. 
I'm about to be in October. I'm so close to being done, which means I still have two, four, six, uh, seven shows. That's gross. Yeah, and and the 1998's no better. It's gonna be just as long. That'll be hold on. There's a pay per view every month, so that's 26, and I think ECW has four, so that's 30 weeks. So yeah, so it's gonna basically be until like the fall. I'm in 1998. Yeah, Minimum. that's gross. And that's not missing any weeks, which I know I'm gonna miss weeks. So I've been missing weeks left and right. Not my deadlines. It does. It, it it bothers me. It angers me. You just suck, man. <laughs> If you didn't make me do so much around here. I don't make you do anything. Are you kidding? Oh, don't get me started. I don't make you do it. You choose to do yeah, it. We're a partnership. Okay, we're good. We're a team. Great. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to keep doing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're not welcome. Do more. I do enough. Eh, I guess enough to get by, yeah. Fair mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I've never heard that tone before. I might be in legitimate trouble. Psych, you can't do shit. Suck my dick. Boom crash. I'll miss you, kiss you, give you my coat when you are cold. Need you, feed you. Even let you hold the remote control So let me do the dishes in our kitchen sink Put you to bed when you've had too much to drink Oh, I could be the man Who grows old with you I wanna grow with you Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.